and welcome, lovely listeners, to the Happily Ever Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Dodaro, and I'm thrilled to have you with me today. Whether you're a first-time investor, a seasoned pro, or somewhere in between, you're in the right place. So buckle up and let's dive into the fascinating world of real estate. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We are recording this podcast between Christmas and New Year's. So it's kind of that weird period in between. Just want to apologize for uh, the congestion in my voice. Um, I had COVID uh, probably the beginning of December and uh, it really wasn't that bad, um, but it's just the congestion after words sort of led to a sinus infection. Anyway, it, it's all good now. Just sort of, you know, it's the end of December, so I'm kind of uh, over it, but it's kind of lingering a bit. Let's get into it. Um, there's a few things I want to cover in this episode. And really, it, it is a quiet time in the real estate world. Not only this business, but pretty much every business is sort of quieter at this time of year. Um, but specifically, I want to speak about two recent transactions that happened in my business um, specifically. So I have always said that the best time to buy real estate is around the holiday season, right? If you're looking for uh, a great deal, something you can add value to, something that you can get below market value, then the holiday time is the best time to buy. I did talk about in in previous episodes uh, the syndicates that I've put together, um, and I was putting together over the fall to you know a syndicate of investors. So, and this syndicate of investors doesn't want to be hands on. They don't want anything to do with the management. And so, as I spoke about in previous episodes, that Lee Croft Real Estate Management was born out of that need for clients to invest in the real estate and then Lee Croft would manage the property for them. And that's exactly what this syndicate was for. So so the syndicate that I put together was a group of investors who wanted to buy Toronto assets, but they didn't want to look after it. They didn't have time. They're professionals. They don't want to deal with the real estate. So to be honest with you, there are many deals out there, but I had to find this particular deal uh, off market through my network it is a property in Scarborough. It's a corner property, corner retail commercial uh, property with uh, an apartment below. Um, usually it's apartment above, but this has an apartment below the um, property. So the price was already attractive because this was a property that hit the MLS but came off the market uh, because it wasn't selling. They had reduced the price several times. So I approached the owner um, said that I had a group of investors who wanted to buy the property and we negotiated back and forth, but uh, we arrived at the price and my investors were super thrilled because it's even lower than the last listing price that the agent had uh, listed it for. And so when I went directly to them, we said, listen, we're going to negotiate from the last price. And so anyway, we came up with a deal that you know, got the owner out of a bad situation, which I knew she was in. And my investors were happy to exploit that for their own benefit. So so anyway, we've tied that up. And what I mean by tying that up is we, we've bought the property conditional and the conditions were various conditions we had put in, financing, inspection of the property, uh, lawyer's review, 
Um, so we put a number of conditions so that we could, you know, make sure we can get out, um, for, for any which reason. So that protects the buyers and the seller is happy with it to accept it because she has a deal, which six months on the market with another agent, she had no deal. So she, you know, clearly is very happy to, to offload this property. So, um, so that was one deal that we did and that was before Christmas. And another deal that we did, another conditional deal, was for that um, syndicate of buyers I had for my condo uh, uh, buyers. Um, so that syndicate's a little smaller, a little lower price point. But we were able to secure, and it is conditional, a unit that is basically $150,000 less then the last unit, identical unit that sold in that building. So they are over the moon, happy and excited to get going on this journey. Again, we made it conditional um, till mid-January because there, is, there are some holidays in between there and banks uh, you know, are, are on hold. I think that, that one's conditional till the 10th of, of uh, January. So all to say is that it has, uh, although the market has been slow, Again, for investor clients to get great deals, this is the time to do it. And they were ready to go. They were pre-approved for a certain amount of money. And we just went forward and they trusted me and I trusted them. And we kind of made these deals happen. But um, all to say is very, very exciting. And I'm very happy for for my clients. And we'll see uh, what happens when the conditions are expiring. But But basically, we are in the driver's seat. They know that, and it's up to them whether or not they want to move forward with it. So they're going to do their own due diligence on the deals that they have in place. And this is the thing too. So when you're buying property in a in a very um, quick market where you have multiple offers and very limited time to make a decision and think about it, you really you don't know if you're making a good deal or a bad deal. You're just making a deal and hoping for the best. But in this environment where Things are a little slower. You can take your time. You can actually tie up the property, as I said earlier. You can buy it on condition, take your time, do your due diligence, see if it makes sense, and move forward with it. So it is, in my opinion, I think it's a better way to buy real estate than in the uh, hyper-competitive rising price environment. It's just too chaotic. Um, And I think now is the time when the, the really smart, savvy investors are going to come out of the woodwork. They're going to make great deals for themselves. And this is sort of like the reset that they've been waiting for. It's been hyper active for the last, you know, call it three years. And where prices went to, you know, uh, crazy numbers. And they thought, well, I'm never going to get into the market. Now the market's kind of come back a little bit. You can negotiate off that cut, you know, that that lower number, and this is kind of like the reset before it takes off again. So, as I said, I'm super thrilled for them, and uh, and and let's see where that goes. There just seems to be a lot of pent up demand, and this is highlighted by the fact that when the Bank of Canada or the U.S. Fed or the guy down the street utters the words rate cuts, that invariably it is always an uptick in sales, and given the fact. That is holiday season and inventory is coming off the market. The real buyers, not the tire kickers, the real buyers are making moves and they're, they're, they're doing well for themselves because they are going in when no one else is and they're kind of um, 
seen as the only option for you know the 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 need the needy sellers that ones that have to move that property so they're smart they're 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 doing well for themselves as for the smart investors they're getting ahead of the rush and putting the lowball offers in and because they know that next year they won't be able to lowball so like now is the time to lowball now january maybe beginning of february but after that I I don't think you're going to have an opportunity because you're going to be up against other people, other buyers, other investors, other speculators. So I'm putting it out there to all my clients. I'm putting them on notice that this is the time. You may have to suffer a little bit with the monthly you know, payments because the rates are still high. But if you get a significant enough discount on the property, kind of makes sense. And um, you have to wait for the rates to drop, but it'll be well worth it when they do drop and you'll see the price appreciation and you'll be looking back at the price you paid and saying, my God, thank God I bought at that time because you know now you're starting to make some capital appreciation on the property and, and that's a good thing. So this brings us to the FAQ segment of the show, or as we affectionately refer to it as the fact part of our show. This is where we answer questions that pertain to the topics that we're discussing. And let's just get into it. The first question that was uh, that we have here is, what do you predict 2024 to be? What do you forecast for 2024? That's a pretty loaded question. Um, but I would say I predict more activity, specifically in the later part of the year. Um, I expect interest rates to be probably in the mid fours. When it's at the end of the year, probably five-year money will be, you know, mid-four range. Um, the variable will 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 come off of where it is right now. Um, you could probably get the variables probably in the uh, in the five range, five high five range, five six, five seven, five eight range. And I predict investors will start dipping their toes back into the market that will create some competition for the end users. Sorry, buyers, I told you to buy in twenty twenty three, but. I feel like now there will be some more competition. And not only that, not only you're going to have competition from the investors that are starting to come back into the market and the, the, the further along in the year that we get, the more competition you're going to have from those investors, but you're going to have more competition from the buyers because the buyers are going to say, hey, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And now they're going to start buying as well. They're like, this is last year wasn't the time, but now's the time. So. Again, sorry buyers, but I told you to buy in 2023 and this is now 2024 is is this is the reality. This is this is what I expect to be coming. I could be wrong, of course, but um, this is what I expect. So, next question is, how will the rental market respond to the rate cuts? Uh, so, good question. I would say the rental market, we've already started to see it slow down. I mean, the, the rental data isn't the best uh, data because you get what you get from MLS in terms of data leased product, but there all is also the apartment rentals that we don't capture. But I already see the rental market starting to slow down, and if that's an indication of what's to come, um, I, I already see asking prices starting to soften a bit. So rental rental. Um, I, I see rental supply is actually rental supply is actually down a bit, but uh, and that could be a seasonality thing. But I also see 
Uh, price is starting to creep down a couple hundred dollars here and there, and we'll see the data as months uh, go on. But um, I think the rate cuts will encourage a lot of first-time buyers to jump in the market, start to um, poke their head around and see if, what they can afford. And then perhaps maybe some of those renters will start to buy real estate. So that's the effect that the rate cuts will have on the market. Now, conversely, when the rates were rising, a lot of the would-be buyers, they jumped into rentals. I think I, I rented like four or five places last year to clients that were going to buy. And they said, you know what, I'm going to rent for a year, see how this thing plays out. And so they, they're in a rental now, but I think they are going to come out of those rentals and say, hey, they're going to call me and say, look, let's start looking to buy because money's going to be more affordable to uh, carry and uh, I think they're going to look at, at looking into buying something soon. So, okay. And uh, this question actually was sent in to us from uh, a listener. And it is question number three. And it says, I have a portfolio of condos. What's my next move? Okay. So this is a great question. Um, I have several clients who have this exact scenario. Uh, they have a several... You know, some of them have three, some of them have four, some of them have 12. Um, one of my clients has 22. So various um, various levels of, of uh, investment in the condo space. So a lot of them are saying, what do I do? I have like, for instance, the client that has the 22 uh, condo portfolio. You know, I, we had a conversation before the holidays and we discussed his portfolio specifically. And, and we, you know, he said, look, I have tenants that are great tenants that are overpaying for their their space and they're amazing. I have tenants that are underpaying for their space and I have tenants that are not paying for their space. They're not paying. When clients that have, you know, a large portfolio of properties, you have to look at it sort of holistically and say, look, am I overall am I doing well? And then you have to look at, okay, which are which properties are not performing well? And those properties, you have to sort of look at and say, look, can I do without this? Can I cash out, repurpose that money and buy something now that the market has softened a bit? Can I cash out at a high point and sort of, um, can I, you know, can I maximize my value, get the money out and then buy something now that things have kind of softened a bit? So if it was me, let's say I had, say if I had 10 condos, I would look at selling at least one, take some money off the table and see if there's an opportunity to upgrade. And I'd probably look at you know the, the worst performing um, asset in that class and also probably the, 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 the worst location out of everything and get rid of that one. Take the money and repurpose it for something better. So I hope I answered that question uh, for the, the listener out there. But I just want to say we made it. At the beginning of 2023, collectively as an industry, we didn't know what to expect, right? And the mantra for most agents out there was just get through the year. And we did. We didn't know what to expect in 2023. It, it was actually not as bad of a year as I thought it was going to be. It never is, actually, to be honest with you. But, you know, the horror stories and what we were going, what we thought we were going to see never really materialized. And so we did see a lot of agents do zero deals as we do every year. I think we, we had more agents do zero deals. So probably, 
um, you know, usually it's like 35,000 out of 70,000 agents do zero deals. Um, we probably saw that numbers. It's, it hasn't been reported yet, but we probably saw that number probably creep up to like, I don't know, 40, 42,000 that did zero deals. But many of the agents got out of the business because they didn't um, make enough money to make a living. So we had half the transactions that we did in 2022. So in 2022, everyone was making money. And then 2023, half the transactions. So if you were a high producing agent in 2022, you're still a high producing agent in 2023. You just did half the deals that you did the year before. So I look at my personal total, my personal transaction count. It was actually higher. And I was shocked. My, my total transactions was higher than it was in 2022. And then I think back, how did that happen? Well, it happened because you know, in times of, of, of real estate crisis, people want experience. People want a proven track record. People are not going to go to their cousin, cousin Johnny's uh, uh, real estate firm and you know, they've sold one house in three years. They do it part-time. They, do like, they work full-time somewhere else and they do this part-time. So people want professionals. They, they can't afford to make a mistake in this type of environment. So I would say that most if not all people who were selling in 2023, many of the clients went with experienced agents, proven track record, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, when you have uh, someone like myself who experienced proven track record, I was able to take a little bit more market share than I did in 2022. That That's, you know, when I looked at the numbers at the end of the year, that that's where we are right now. So, so anyway, all to say is we made it through and now we're predicting and we're forecasting and we're preparing for 2024. And what I'm expecting is big moves in 2024. I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what the year's going to bring, but I- I'm excited for my investor clients. You know, it's never easy to just sit in the sidelines and just watch things happen. Um, but I tell them all the time, there is a time to make moves. There's a time to sit still. Um, and there's a time to just be patiently waiting. But now's the time to move forward. I want to end this podcast with a quote, and it goes like this. With good perspective on history, we can have a better understanding of the past and present, and thus a clear vision for the future. And that's by Carlos Slim Hillu. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of Happily Ever Investor is officially in the books. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you found value in what we had discussed and want to dive deeper into the world of real estate investing, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, take care and keep those investment dreams alive. Let's catch up again soon. Happy investing.